Thanks for listening to the Surviving Loving an Addict podcast. The views expressed in this podcast must not be interpreted as personalized medical advice. Those experiencing addiction and those with loved ones experiencing addiction are urged to seek medical attention and professional counseling from providers experienced in addiction therapies and treatment. Thank you. And welcome back yet again to the Surviving Loving an Addict podcast. I'm Karsten Millward. And I'm David Millward. And tonight... What are we talking about? What's, what's, well, what's up? So we're going to talk about codependence. Another one of those often used, uh, not very well understood <laughs> words. Yeah, that one reminds me of, we talked about this before, the word addiction. Right. I'm addicted to Diet Coke. No, you're not. Stop. Right. So we talk now the word, oh, this person, they're so, deco- they're so codependent. Right. Yeah. But what is it really? What's what, what are we working with? Okay, so when we talk about codependent, first of all, that means there's got to be a dependent, right? Go so on. we have yeah. one individual, let's say, that is dependent on drugs and alcohol. And from drugs and alcohol, they get their pleasure reward. They, you know, that's what they're doing to survive and, and deal with life. And they get meaning, whatever, out of all that. The codependent would be somebody that is addicted to the addicted person. And and it's basically an addiction to rescuing and saving another person. So that's what a codependent is. Okay, so I always thought of codependence or a codependent person as someone who just needs one individual. They put all of their all of their eggs in one basket. On one person, that's their whole life is that focus and it, too much, right? All of right. their happiness, all of their success, all of their... It all depends on that one person. But you're saying right. that there's there's another piece of the puzzle. So it's not just a... just It's not just two dots with a line between them, a really heavy line. But you're saying there's a third dot. Well, so you have this component of, of that whole thing of loving another person and wanting the best for them and all that. And it goes beyond that to... It's actually an addictive behavior. Codependence is, a, is an addiction or addictive behavior just like drug addiction is. Wow. But the codependent, what they're addicted to is trying to rescue and save another person. Well, what, what they're really addicted to is, is the feeling they get of worth and value out of trying to rescue and save another person. So what it does is it says my life has meaning and purpose because I'm going to save this person, rescue and fix them. Okay. Which sounds scary because yeah. they don't have actually any authority or ability or power or power to to help somebody. Right. The choices are made by right an individual. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's and it's interesting because you know wanting to help somebody is a good thing in life. Right. But doing something for somebody that they can and should do for themselves is actually the definition of codependence. Doing something for another person that they can and should do for themselves is addictive behavior. It becomes addictive behavior. Okay? So, let's say... Now, this, one, this one's kind of a... Uh, that's an interesting topic, right? Because yeah. it's, it's complex. It would yeah. be very difficult... Or would it? Would it be? I mean, 
How you often know, when so, somebody says, oh, this person is codependent, how often is that? Like the Coca-Cola addiction. Oh, God. We yeah. don't, we're not sponsored by Coca-Cola. No. Or Diet Coke. In fact, they probably will sue us soon. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a great example. Like um, how often when somebody says, oh, they're codependent, are these codependent are they truly tendencies spot on? Because maybe it, it sounds so, like it might be more often than not. Well, so if you consider that the codependent behavior also causes you to not pay attention to your own personal life. So what happens is instead of, you know, taking care of your job, taking care of your other relationships, taking care of your hygiene, your meals, your home, all these things, just like an addict, all that stuff gets left behind and not attended to while I am attending to saving this person. So because your life gratification is coming for only from this one person that I'm rescuing. From the that feeling. You're rescuing it. Yeah. From the feeling that I am somehow able to fix and save that person. Now, it also comes with a huge fear that says, well, if not me, then who? Well, I have to do this. Otherwise, they're going to die. I have to do this. Otherwise, they're not going to eat. I have to do this because they don't have a job. Right? And I'm terrified. So the codependent behaviors goes back to doing something for a person that they should and can do for themselves. Okay? I have so many wonderful examples of awful codependent yeah. <laughs> you know, situations, right? Yeah. I could, could you share... An example. Yeah, help, yeah. Help me understand better exactly what. So let me let me tell you one of my first real encounters with a tremendously codependent mother, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She loved her son so much, and she was bound and determined that he was going to get healthy and be in recovery and all that, right? So I'm working in a treatment center, and the mother shows up with the son, and the son comes into the treatment center. And he didn't know that she wanted him to be off all of his drugs. He, he expected he was going to be able to take his pain pills. He was only going to give up cocaine, and he was only going to give up uh, pot, right? Mm-hmm. And so he threatened to call his mom because he wasn't going to get his opiates. Now, it's all fine and dandy. Now, he calls the mother, and the mother comes down to the treatment center, and she is livid because he's about ready to walk out the door, right? And how dare we let him go out the door, and who are we? And, and she started throwing around the suing word, I'm going to sue you guys, and, and carrying on and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, he needs to be helped, and he's going to die. If he doesn't stay here, he's going to die, and you can't make him leave here because he's going to die, and I can't stand that thought. And, and, you know, and we finally get her settled down, and she starts telling me, she says, do you know that he has stolen every penny I have? Do you know that he's used my credit cards and he's written bad checks? Do you know that he took my car and he sold my car? Do you know that he took my jewelry? And she starts going down all these things that he has done to her, 
as he's been trying to get his drugs and stuff. Oh, my. And I finally said to her, I said, why didn't you call the police? Now, as soon as I said that, he piped up and said, you know what, Mom? It's all good. I'm going to stay here. I'll be just fine. So she never answered the question because, hallelujah, the son was going to stay there, right? Now, this mother was terrified that he was going to leave, you know, and at the same time, he'd stole her, you know, ripped her off, taken everything she had, and she's still putting the money into this expensive program for him to stay there. And so he goes back to his room, and she's happy, and she leaves. The next day I come into work. And the clients would get packages, and they'd have, hold them up front. And every time a client would get a package, I mean, this is a residential program, so we just don't hand stuff to them. We'd go through the package. And he got a brand-new pair of tennis shoes, and they were awesome, beautiful tennis shoes. Well, it just so happened that packed into the toe of the tennis shoes, wrapped up in the newspaper print, or newspaper paper, you know, that's in the toes of those, were two fentanyl suckers that had been, the stems had been broken off, and just the sucker was wrapped up in the paper. Now, fentanyl is an opiate. You're kidding me. No. And fentanyl is an opiate. This is, that is. So the mother brought the shoes in. Now, I get to the, I get to work, and when I get to work, they say, hey, look, you know, Dave, we've got this problem here, and they show me the box, and they haven't given it to him yet. I took it back, the box back to him, and I handed him the shoes, and he was excited and went into his room, and I said, hey, don't worry. We already took the drugs out of him. There's nothing in him. Oh, man. Packed his bags and he left. But here's the thing. That mother that came through my door the day before crying that her baby was going to die if he left there and that she was going to sue us when he died and that she was threatening and carrying on was the exact same person that put fentanyl suckers in his shoes to try to sneak him through for him so he didn't have to hurt or suffer while he was in drug and alcohol treatment. That is codependent. That woman was trying to rescue and save her son without worrying about anything else. All she could see was trying to help him and save him. She's lost everything. It didn't matter. She was trying to rescue and save him. And ultimately, he left treatment. She never came back. They didn't come back. I don't know what's happened. But that was incredible codependent behavior. Wow. That one is astonishing. I had a woman. Yeah, I I need more examples. I had a lady come in one time because trying to explain codependent behavior, you know, rescuing and saving another person. She came into one of my groups that I was doing, and she was angry with her son that kept going to jail and get out of jail, and he'd use and he'd go back to jail. And, and I said, well, how does he get out of jail? And one of the daughters said, she keeps bailing him out. <laughs> and, and so we got into this big discussion because, you know, jail in and of itself, you know, the system is a tough thing. But sometimes when a person can't stop themselves and, and you can't stop them, you, you know, the system has a great way of keeping somebody from picking up and using it. It's a machine that can stop people from doing what they can't stop themselves. Well, he'd go into jail for a day, and she'd get terrified, and she'd bail him out of jail, and then he'd go out and he'd use again. And I'm talking to him, and we're talking about this, and the mother was just going on, why does he keep doing this? I just don't understand what's the matter with him. Why is he going on? Why, you know? And I looked at her, and I said, 
why do you bail him out of jail? And you, you could have pushed her over with a feather when her eyes lit up and she got it and she said, because I can't stop myself. That's codependent behavior. It's the same thing that happens with her son. He can't stop himself from picking up and using drugs and she couldn't stop herself from trying to rescue and save him. Wow. That's codependent behavior, right? And that's, uh, it would be easily confused with love. Mm-hmm. And it yep. would be easily mixed up. It's a, it's a, it's a different kind of weird love. It, it, you're loving them too much. Well, or is that the... So here's a term I like to use. I ask people all the time, so it's your intention to love him to death. Right? Sometimes you have to use bold language that maybe somebody can wake up and they can hear because to see that the behaviors and the things that you're doing are going to ultimately contribute to their death. Right? Now, here's a great thing about life. And it's a scary thing for parents and loved ones and stuff. We don't want anybody to be hurt. Man, heaven's sakes, I don't want my kids to get hurt. However, what happens in the process of growth and development is, as a baby or as a toddler, if I run into the wall, I'm going to say, ouch, that hurt. I don't think I'm going to do it again. And because of my experience, I'm going to learn that running into the wall isn't what I want to do. Right? Now, if I, if I touch a hot candle, burns my finger, I'm going to say, ouch, I'm not going to do that again. And so there's a whole bunch of things that we learn typically in our youth that help us, number one, to learn what we're going to do and not going to do. And number two, it helps us develop character, helps us to become who we are. We make mistakes. All of us are going to make mistakes. I need the consequences of my, st- of my mistakes to teach me. So when I do something wrong and the consequence comes down and and I learn I don't want to do that and I discover that that's not how I want to live and that I want to be a good person, all that stuff helps me develop character, helps me become a good person, helps me understand society. Now, if my fear of my child getting hurt causes me to remove every obstacle from in front of him, and then let's say I have a son or a daughter and they get arrested and go to jail. And my fear is, well, how are they going to get an education? How are they going to go to school? How are they going to get a job? So I run down and you bail them out and you pay for an attorney and you take care of all those things because you're terrified that they're not going to be, you know, able to do this or go to school or whatever. Here's what happens. They don't get to learn by the consequences of their actions that they don't want to do it. And when you bail them out, guess what? It didn't hurt me. I can do it again. Yeah, I'm visualizing somebody touching a stove, but instead of actually being allowed to touch the stove, mom puts her hand underneath and her hand hits the stove. Absolutely. Right? And I don't learn not to touch the stove because she's taking the consequence from me. She's taking the opportunity for growth. And 
and she she just ate that consequence. Right. Right. She's paying, and it. I mean, same thing with bailing somebody out of jail. You're paying the consequence for somebody else's mistake. You're keeping them from learning. You're handicapping them. Yeah. You are not allowing that person to develop into a healthy, normal, happy human being. You stole that from them, right? Oh, but I'm terrified. What if they do this? Well, if they do that, then the natural consequence is going to help them develop character and learn how to be a better person or a safer person or a healthier person. Make sense? I bet a lot of people, yeah, yeah. I bet a lot of people, the concern may not be about the loved one's future, but the relationship. Oh, if I don't bail them out of jail, they're going to they're gonna hold this against me. Yeah. Boy, I'm so glad you brought that up. How could you do this to your son? Right? Yeah. I love this argument. You know, how could you let me go to jail? Because the comeback is, why would you do something that you have to go to jail for? I, can I? Yeah. So, we are on the uh, Surviving Loving and Addict podcast with David Millward. And Karsten Millward. And Karsten Millward. I'm not the main person. I do some producing, but I have a story. Yeah. Cool. I have a story. I want to share a story. Cool. I, was t- I got a phone call recently from a friend, and they're whispering. And they say, I'm in trouble. They didn't know who else to call. Here's the story. This person was with one of their friends when riding in a car when the friend crashed the car into another car. They're in an accident. And the person's friend takes off. They're getting chased by other cars. It's a hit and run accident. They take off. And this person's friend drives home, says, we're going to the apartment. They go into the apartment, and they start saying, you're not leaving. The police show up. They're pounding on the door, and they say, the person's friend says, go into the bathroom. You shut your mouth. You're not answering the door. This is true. This happened. Don't you dare even try to answer the door. Keep your mouth shut and you stay in that room. And I get a call from this person. I don't know what to do. And I say, you call the police. And you know what You know what they say? Hmm. They say, but what if they get in trouble? I don't want to, I don't, they have a I child. Don't. They have this. They have, I don't want to be the one that gets them in trouble. And you know what I said? Tell me. I said, I'm so impressed with your ability to get them in trouble. Like, you did nothing. They put you in a terrible situation. They're not your friend. Right. And what are you doing? <laughs> so right. Just call the police. Like, well, what if they get in trouble? The, the con- You are not creating a consequence. You have not created this situation. Get out. Right. Get out. Right. <laughs> there you go. And I told so, the story I'm, I'm so, on your I'm podcast. I'm so glad. <laughs> because, because here's the truth, right? 
getting pushed into that place, you know, sometimes of that codependent behavior, is getting pushed into a place where, but what if they get in trouble? Yeah. Here's the great deal. Then they get in trouble. I didn't cause you to do that. That wasn't my deal. That was your deal. And if the police come and show up, it's not because I'm a bad person. It's because you made a mistake. Yeah. Right? Well, a codependent would take that on themselves. And, and, and a good codependent would go out and talk to the police and say, I'm sorry, it was my fault. Oh, man. Oh, I'm telling you. So codependent behavior is doing things for people that they can and should do for themselves, right? It including, is including catching consequences. In, in taking the consequences away. Stealing consequences. And, and the word stealing isn't too strong because I'm telling you it's through, it's through our mistakes and the consequences of those behaviors and actions that we truly develop character and become appropriate human beings. But I cannot tell you the number of clients that I've had that are being arrested for their sixth and seventh time, you know, um, drug charges, DUI charges, robbery charges, all these things that they have not paid a single consequence for. They've been bailed out. They've had attorneys help them out. They haven't seen any kind of consequence for their actions and behaviors. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to do it again because it didn't cost them anything. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. They never even touched the stove. Right. I got to say. Yep. Talk to my friend again. Yep. They did call the police. Excellent. They got out of there. They haven't heard from their friend, and they were smart enough to end that friendship and let it go. Good. He got out of there safely. Man, what a but. Well, it's a funny thing because you know we talked about words a little bit earlier, and to call him a friend is friend was a funny word. Is not a really good word. I think it was I, a friendship I, before. Yeah, well, that's hey, yeah. and I think we have do we, do we I think we have another episode oh, boundaries. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to start, and you'll have to do more boundaries. <laughs> but, I might need some boundaries, but you know, it, it's it's a wonderful thing, right? And so, and so, so learning. Well, okay, so people say, well, you know, I don't want to enable somebody. So, can I help them? What can I do so I don't enable them? Well, you look at it and you go, look, if they can do it, right? Oh. If they can take care of something, and and they're supposed to take care of it, then let them do it. Let them handle it. I knew a family, I knew I knew a couple, you know, that that they moved into a brand new house, and mom and dad, because they love them so much, would come in and they just stock the shelves with groceries, and so the pantry's got groceries and the, everything and and all these kinds of uh, wants are taken care of, and so, you know, the first thing they do is they run down to R.C. Willie's because they got all this extra money. And they run up this great big tab on furniture to, to furnish this new house. Well, they go back and they start living and then they're paying their RC Willie bill. And all of a sudden they got gas bills and you know electrical bills and food and, and everything. Guess what? They don't have the money for it. So mom and dad rush back in and supply the shelves again and then when they have a little extra change, the couple goes out and buys something else. And they never have to suffer consequences of the wild spending because somebody's taking care of them. And then what's happening is they're not learning how to 
budget of money. They're not learning how to provide for themselves. And they just have this inflated idea of what they can get and can't get. And guess how long that's going to last? Until they learn to touch the stove by themselves, right? It's going to last until mom and dad run out of money. <laughs> hey, I'm going to throw unless, in case you didn't catch it from the context, because uh, we're now an international podcast. We Ooh, uh, yeah. we found out we had, yeah 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 yes. hey eh? <laughs> hey <laughs> so uh, RC Willie is a local furniture store. Oh yeah, sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> and we're not sponsored by them no. yet. <laughs> Which is too bad because I, I, I hear they have great financing. <laughs> All right. Well, look, hey, like Carson, let me just close up here by saying, you know, uh, talking about codependent behavior, there's so much more we could talk about. But making you aware, just bringing a little bit of, a, of, of an awareness out there, you know, your loved ones, we have to hold in mind personal responsibility gives us growth and robbing personal responsibility stunts a person and you have to understand that if if we if you are doing something for somebody that they should and can be doing for themselves you're stealing from them opportunity for growth which ultimately turns into loving them to death so This is Dave Millward. And I'm Carsten Millward. Great to be with you again. And until next time, have a good evening.